When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 169. Don't make a thing out of it by David Kane of raptitude.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Living Daily, the podcast that brings you the best in personal development and productivity every day of the week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Justin Mollick. What's going on, oldies? Don't worry, I'm not actually calling you old. Old stands for Optimal Living Daily, which is the podcast where I find really awesome blogs on personal development, productivity, minimalism, and more. And I read them to you so you don't have to stare at a screen anymore. And if you'd like to show your support for this cause, which, by the way, started as a social experiment for me to work on my social and performance anxiety, you can support this podcast and help keep it alive by becoming a patron of the show. You can do that at oldpodcast.com. And if you're not in a position to contribute financially, you can also show your support for free by joining my weekly newsletter. Any of those is like giving me a virtual hug, which I greatly appreciate. And with that, let's start optimizing your life. Don't Make a Thing Out of It by David Kane of raptitude.com. One of my favorite articles in The Onion shows a picture of a man dressed up to leave for work with his hand on the doorknob and his ear against the door. The headline reads, quote, exit from apartment delayed by 20 seconds to avoid pleasantries with neighbor, unquote. It made me laugh because I know I've done exactly that many times. The article has been shared 30,000 times on Facebook, so apparently it's a thing for many people too. Now that I think about it, my neighbors have probably done the same thing to me. What's interesting is that I never really decided to do that. I never consciously thought about avoiding pleasantries with the neighbors. I just got into the habit of slowing down if I heard shuffling outside sometimes hesitating at the door until it goes away. After seeing this Onion article, whenever I notice that neurotic impulse to avoid the neighbors, I feel silly and just go whenever I'm done getting ready. Somehow, I made a thing out of having hallway interactions with the neighbors. Because I apparently spent the last two years avoiding my neighbors, there isn't much of these pleasantries when they do happen. I don't really know these people, so there's nothing to catch up on. I just give them a genuine good morning and go. I feel like I've solved a problem that never should have been a problem. Shrinking your world. Now that it's summer, I go for a bike ride almost every evening. I live in a semi-urban area consisting of a strip of restaurants and bars sandwiched by two grids of well-treated residential streets. I love the residential streets. They're lined with pre-war two-story homes with old-style trimmings and no stucco. Every night, I pick a nearby neighborhood to explore and sort of meander my way there without needing to take any particular route. The other day, I was heading to a neighborhood across the main strip and I noticed that up ahead, the cross street I was on passed a busy restaurant patio. I guess I have a negative association with these patio scenes. 
I love my neighborhood except for its loud Thursday night bar crowds that leave cigarette butts and empty bottles behind. Instead of proceeding past, I noticed myself turning around and taking a detour down a back lane. As I was riding down the back lane, I realized that I had just made a thing out of avoiding certain streets because they required me to pass by a noisy patio. Next time, I'm not going to worry about it. It seems like this isn't something worth thinking about. One street's as good as another, I might as well have taken the back lane. But it seems completely absurd when you realize that this silly little aversion actually made me physically stop my bike and turn around to take the back lane instead. Obviously, I made this dislike of patios into something that matters, something that will put a little bit of my world effectively off limits. As with the pleasantries in the hallway, this kind of thing was probably happening for a long time before I was even conscious of why I took certain detours. It makes me wonder how many other things I made into things, situations that raise the alarm in some way, that restrict my possibilities by making aversion the deciding factor in what I do. Big things. We do this a lot. We make tiny aversions into long-lasting things in our lives. If it only affected which streets you feel free to ride your bike on, it probably wouldn't matter. But it affects big things too. What careers seem feasible to you? Whether you can pull off a major goal or not? How healthy you can expect to be? How happy you can expect to be? When you let aversion call the shots once, it can quickly become the new norm. A thing is a wall. It's a location in your day-to-day life where you now have to change direction because you let it become a thing. The most direct route you've determined is no longer a real option for you. The fewer things you let become a thing for you, the more freedom you experience. You probably know people who make a thing out of nearly everything. You probably know people who seem to be able to do almost anything without much trepidation. For certain stretches of my life, I made a thing about activities that I now consider vital to my well-being. In particular, I made a thing out of writing. It was always a fight, even though it's something I need to do. It's much less of a thing than it was, but still a bit of a thing. I also made a thing out of exercise for many years. I always approached it with resisting and bargaining and dreading. Now it's really not much of a thing anymore, and I'm actually fit for the first time in forever. This mostly happens under the radar. We feel and act on aversions without even noticing why we're taking a little detour instead of going the more direct way. I had no idea I was scared of my neighbors. Just like back in college, I probably wasn't conscious of the limits I had placed on how happy I could expect to be. But sometimes, when you're about to not answer the phone when a certain person calls, or when you're about to leave the dishes for tomorrow, you can catch yourself and decide that you're not going to make a thing out of it this time. You just listened to the post titled, Don't Make a Thing Out of It, by David Kane of raptitude.com. How true is that? I'm sure all of us have done that before, where we avoid going outside because we see someone else. I know I've done it, especially with social anxiety, and that's what makes it worse because then it's avoidance and fear wins. It's definitely something I want to work on, and I'm happy that David wrote about this. And if you haven't already, check out his site, raptitude.com. He does some crazy awesome experiments on himself too. Once again, if you want to give this show a little virtual hug and help keep this going, I'd really like to make it a full year of doing this podcast, but it's going to take a lot of effort and resources to make it happen, so I could use your help. If you want to have a huge impact, you can become a patron of the show and contribute any amount you like, one time or monthly, at oldpodcast.com. And that covers the website server, the podcast server, mailing list costs, the books I give away, and more. But if you can't contribute financially, you can simply join my weekly newsletter, and that helps a lot too. And that's it for today. Enjoy your weekend, and I will see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. 
Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.